Welcome listeners to another episode of Unverified Accounts. I'm your host, Chris, along here with the usual crew, Liza. Hey, Liza. Hi. And hey, Philip. What's up, all? So before we get started, uh, what's been going on in the news this week, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole did lot. It's been slow. Did something cycle. happen? <laughs> yeah. All right. So for, for I guess, for historians, if you happen to stumble up in this pod, it's November 5th, 2020. Uh, 2 or 9 p.m. Eastern. Very important. And, and we're still, we are waiting for Nevada's results still. Uh, yeah, I mean, all all uh, indication is Biden will win. But hey, who knows? Maybe Trump will stage some kind of uh, military takeover. And I don't this think will he's going seem... to. I don't think That'd he's going to. That'd be cool. And, uh, wouldn't it be, it would be exciting, date, but, uh, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Also, Trump's too lazy to do that anyway. That takes a lot of effort and coordination. He's to... just going to leave quietly. He's not going to refuse to leave office. No, see, this is this is Trump's plan. Um, he wants to go back to being a like just a celebrity. He will, uh, but right, but he also doesn't want the shame of losing. Therefore, he will just whine and complain all the way out. He'll leave though, because I think that to take it to the Supreme Court, I think that that would admit, like, I don't know. I, I think that that's so. It's so like it's. Ugh. It just looks like such a sore loser, even Wait, for him. Ne- ne- neither of you guys think that, like, because I think that he's working on a fucking USA exit plan, right? There's probably like a whole line of lawsuits lined yeah. up in New York State. Nothing's going to gonna like- happen. He's going to be, he is going to be forgiven and pardoned because Biden is so desperate to appease Trump's base. You think it'd be a, a last minute switch to like well, Pence's there's also <laughs> Trump wouldn't have committed a crime. It's not a crime to like bring a bogus lawsuit. I mean, it's like, Makes you a crappy person, but it's not. No, like I'm, not, I'm not talking about. The, no, I'm not talking about a lawsuit for the election. Right now. I'm talking about all the other shit he's done, like leading up to this point, right? Like what though? He's like he's well, he's in a bunch of legal trouble for like um not the Russia stuff, but uh, what should we call it? Like oh, you the, mean it's like business stuff? Yeah, his business stuff, tax avoidance, mostly the tax avoidance actually. Uh, I don't know. It seems like small potatoes anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure like every president's probably somewhat guilty of that i feel like he's gonna be sweating after i mean there's a lot of people saying like he, he really needs to win this election he's becoming increasingly erratic the week leading up to the election because he if he doesn't become like he doesn't erratic remain president, for who though erratic i guess erratic uh in his strategy <laughs> to, to 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 get to the win right um but uh i mean if he's not so the president he's gonna be open to a whole bunch of lawsuits and legal trouble so yeah so um anyway uh oh so what i was saying is like he has he has to find this perfect exit strategy where he doesn't want to lose but he doesn't want to be president so the best way is to lose narrowly complain they stole it from you uh and then just whine all the way out the door so he can always save face by saying if you know i actually won but you know the, these crooked people they pushed me out so it's it's really the perfect ending for him because uh, now he's gonna get to you know whine about it until the day you're he dies. not saying he like engineered this path to losing narrowly you're saying it's actually a good situation for him it's probably like if he was being truthful i think this would be the ideal outcome he didn't want to, he has yeah, to find he a way to lose without actually losing or yeah, find a way to stop being president without losing and i guess the only way to do it would be to like getting impeached but that is also embarrassing so it, it doesn't look like he's going to lose by much. I mean, I think that the last time I checked the um, last time I checked that like map graphic, we're looking at him at 268 and with Biden winning the 270 necessary electoral votes. Yeah, I think I think Biden is going to take Pennsylvania and Georgia and 
in Nevada. He's going to hold on to Nevada. He's going to flip so Arizona. So at? I think that puts him at 306. I think Trump was at 302. So he's actually going to win by a similar electoral college, at least by what looks like the numbers to me, mm-hmm. by what uh, Biden won. I mean, uh, by what Trump won over Hillary <laughs> four years ago. But a, but a decent but a decent um, popular vote margin, right? Like three. Well, he's gonna have a pretty big popular uh, vote victory, just as Hillary did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we're doing this pod just to get our reactions in like the last couple of days. So let's move back, uh, shift to Tuesday, like afternoon, evening. Elections uh, returns are coming. What were you guys up to? At home drinking <laughs> and uh, talk, talking about eating popcorn, but I didn't actually eat any. I ate a whole bunch of Korean um, snacks, right? oh, Korean yeah. snacks lying around. But, you know, like we're, I'm up here in Canada. We don't like it's consequential, of course, but it's it's also like less nail biting, more entertainment or at least half and half. Whereas I think Americans obviously who are politically inclined take it way more seriously than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like all my, all my buddies here all want Biden to win. They're all talking up like, you know, how, how scary it was at the beginning, like watching Trump scheme roll through all these states that they thought Biden could have maybe taken or taken with at least a different margin than, uh, than he did. Um, and you know, just kind of working through those feelings, uh, and then talking to some Americans too, right? Like on various chat groups. I think I was like in six or seven chat groups on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. just like cycling through different feelings from Canadians and Americans and stuff. So how about you guys? I was actually laughing my ass off the whole night while Trump seemed like (laughs) he was winning. Like on one hand, it's like, yeah, Philip is right. It's a little scary, but at the same time, I'm not going to lie. Like it does feel pretty good to see liberals get owned. You know, I think they need to be taught a lesson here. But are you saying you didn't expect this outcome, Liza? You thought that Biden was going to take a pretty pretty easy win to the white house i, I thought the posters uh, i did were... not know what was going to happen because i saw all of the polls <laughs> you know what the yeah. pollsters were reporting leading up to the election but i also remember that they were completely wrong in 2016 and i assumed that they were probably pretty wrong again this time so i, w- I really I didn't know what I... to expect I thought they cleaned, like, they had fucking four years like nate silver and his his crew like had four years to clean their act up and mm-hmm. somehow they still fucked it up in 2020. Um, and, and we'll get to the, the demographics shifts that's been happening for this uh, election, which are pretty interesting. But like, I was surprised. I thought I thought that Biden would have it not in a massive landslide, but potentially a pretty good margin. Win a couple, like flip a couple more uh, uh, battleground states. Um, but uh, yeah, early on, it really felt like Trump was was uh, gonna take it, didn't it? Well, I know I said in previous pods that I might just like not watch it, but I gave in and I started watching. <laughs> I knew you were gonna watch it. <laughs> of course you were, man. Everybody was watching. Even I said, I, I, I had like this whole movie marathon planned out and then I turned on CNN at seven. Yeah, I, I think it was around seven. I started watching too. And I am glad I did because it was so eerily similar to 2016. And the mm. thing is- I don't um, think so. I don't think so. No, it was because like Florida, Florida? comes in, Florida, yeah. and then uh, Florida uh, looks. Yeah, but when Florida Trump. when Florida went Trump, that was like uh, you know like like in 2016, I shut the TV off because I was like Trump won. And this time, I saw that <laughs> Florida went to Trump, and I was like, I don't know, I, don't, I still don't know if he's gonna take the whole like, I don't know if he's gonna take the electoral still. So I kept staying, and then it was like almost midnight, and you still don't like it's, it's still not clear. So I thought in 2016 it was very clear. Well. 
But like, uh, regardless of what what you yourself did, but the way it uh, played out, because like Florida falls first, goes red, and mm-hmm. then people are like, "Oh, it's okay." Uh, then we'll, let's see what happens. In North Carolina, North Carolina goes red, and then people are like, "Well, you know, let, let's see how the the blue wall stands up." The the Midwestern states, mm-hmm. uh, and then they are red. Obviously, this time it was different because we knew that the voting would be the the returns would would be uh, unreliable until like maybe the next day but the fact that you saw red michigan red wisconsin red ohio red pennsylvania and uh and i'm sure it great created a lot of flashbacks for a lot of people because it was the exact same pattern if you watched it yeah all the usual all the usual signs that we lean on they didn't they didn't work out this time because it was like ohio and florida both went trump and everybody was like well there it is like uh, you don't lose an election and you win Ohio and Florida. And here he is. He's He won Ohio and Florida and he's going to lose the election. It's coming down to like Nevada and Wisconsin like and Georgia, states that we don't usually rely on. Like, I mean, just, let's imagine that a coronavirus didn't hit. And and, and I, I think it's very tight in Georgia right now. I mean, from the stuff I've seen, it, it sounds like Georgia will narrowly go to Biden. Mm-hmm. But um, let's l- just imagine like, the coronavirus didn't hit and Georgia came back pretty early. If Georgia was like neck and neck, the the tenor of the evening would have been totally different. Like all yeah, the Biden you, supporters uh, would have on, been. I, let, me, let me understand your, your logic. You're saying coronavirus hit Georgia, specifically the state of Georgia, in a really hard way. They were pissed off about Donald Trump's rhetoric No, 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 no. This is about only the uh, returns. Because there was so much mail-in uh, ah, balloting, okay, 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 uh, the the returns were so delayed. Like we're yeah, still yeah. waiting on Georgia, whereas normally Georgia would have been called probably around the same time as Florida. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if it had even been close, let's say even Trump won Georgia, but it was close, uh, the Democrats would have been jubilant because Georgia's not supposed to be close. Um, it's always kind of like, can is this the year that we might win? But if it was like one or two points, it would be like, okay, this is a sign of a great night. And then in the end, uh, it will turn out that Biden will have won the blue wall states and flipped Arizona. And from that, the narrative would have been quite different. But well, because this is the of first the- time I've ever heard them talk about um, possibly flipping Texas, which didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And it will probably one day happen. And then you'll see like Arizona becoming more blue. Nevada seems to be a reliably blue state now yeah. colorado used to be a swing state now is like totally blue and but on the other hand ohio was okay let's not get too much into the uh wonkery of this so <laughs> let's uh let's just talk about um our feelings just, yes what really matters <laughs> is our feelings now um as i said the funny thing for me watching this was be, it was so similar to 2016 in terms of the how it was turning out i was like on reddit i was on twitter just checking out people's reactions so mm-hmm. you got a lot of like a confident but slightly nervous uh, people on uh liberals and and leftists and all that what what and, subs were you in uh i was mainly in politics i think our politics okay yeah and you're just like refreshing checking out what's at the top yeah, just checking out the comments and people are like you know like uh you know i'm i'm clenching or, or some shit like that <laughs> and then um you, you see the mood just just get darker and darker as like you know Florida falls and then people are like oh, yeah, we don't need that anyway you know let's wait let's wait until like Ohio comes in Ohio uh, you know at first uh, Biden was doing very well in Ohio because the the mail-ins came first then it starts going redder and redder and like oh shit you know Ohio uh, mm-hmm. as goes Ohio does the rest of the Midwest and then and then go but even though it was very similar to 2016 and whereas 2016 was just a horrible night for me this time like you Liza. I saw it as very amusing, and mm-hmm. I thought that this is what ought to happen, considering they 
pretty much ran the exact same um, 2016 campaign. It just ran like Hillary with a dick this time. Uh, and of course, uh, the same thing would happen. And I was very glad actually a blowout didn't happen because you know if a blowout happened, they would have said, I see 2016, uh, we didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it was all just because of misogyny and the Russians. That was the only reason that we we lost because we just swapped in Biden and then we got a blowout. So you're but, saying that the misogyny angle is out the window now? Like they I don't can't think it's out the window. Definitely. I don't think it's like totally out the window, but to think, th- okay, like look at Biden. He had Trump on the ropes with the coronavirus and mm-hmm. he could he could like barely w- win Wisconsin. That that's is what, not a that's good That's why sign. I thought it would be such a blowout. I was surprised, like, seeing, like, maybe not Florida, but seeing the initial momentum from Trump. I was like, oh, I thought that it was going to be over early because of how fucking bad Trump looked uh, in the last, just even the debates in, like, the last few weeks leading up to the election. So the I was shocked. The thing is that there are some people that don't think that he looked bad in the, yeah, I in guess the debates. So. I mean, I, the biggest lesson for me was, like, oh, I am in a fucking huge echo chamber. Like... <laughs> All of us are in a bubble, right? Like, we, we don't really have a good sense of what people are thinking, especially with these demographic shifts, which we should get to at some point. Um, and who's voting for Trump? Like, minorities really, uh, some minorities rallying for Trump this time around, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Did, would you, like, I was, I was um, moving between channels, uh, channel streams on, on YouTube, and then I was over on a couple uh, live streams from some like leftist channels. So I was watching Chapel a little bit and the Vosh channel. And I was watching around the time the like Trump was starting to, to, uh, you know, gain some, gain some steam. And they were, they were pretty distraught. Like they were like, yeah, it feels like, you know, things didn't work out. Like they should have, you know, played whatever Bernie, not Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a day later, right. When things shifted over that night, now some of these channels are like basically they, they think that Biden has it in a bag. They're already celebrating. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's it, it was a roller coaster. I think like no matter who you were, it was definitely a roller coaster. Uh, I don't I don't remember if like the the 2016 election was was such a flip flop of emotions. Um, yeah, it was. when we went to bed at like probably around midnight on Tuesday night, uh, the the general consensus was that it, it was over for Biden. Right. And then we all woke up Wednesday morning and Wisconsin had flipped and it was it was all it was suddenly it was um, it was looking positive. You know, I actually went to bed thinking it, it looked good for Biden, mainly because of Arizona, yeah. like Arizona yeah, yeah. flipping was a, was a big deal. Like Arizona has more electoral college votes than Wisconsin. So for all the like weight we put on Wisconsin, Arizona actually has more. Uh, so by one to <laughs> echo the parallel, the weird parallel of 2016 um, in the last part, I said that. 2016, uh, I like left the watch party I was at. I was like pretty distraught. I went yeah. to bed with like this tiny 0.1% hope that if I wake up, some magical miracle would have happened and Trump would have lost. This is, that is actually what happened. I wake up, I, I go on my phone and turned out Wisconsin had flipped. I tried staying up until I think it was at like 4.30 uh, Eastern time that Wisconsin would have updated something. I was like, ah, I can't, I'm just gonna go to sleep. I'm too tired. So then I woke up, I look at it and I saw that it had flipped. And I think Michigan had almost flipped at that point too. My reaction was like, huh? Yeah, I, I guess, I guess that's uh, what I kind of expected going to bed, <laughs> but there was no like jubilation. And because as I said, this time it was just, you know, everyone was just like ground down and, and there's no optimism, even with a Biden win. I think the Democrats are so screwed for the ne- uh, in the next four years. Uh-huh. Um, and we can get to that uh, later, but it, as I said, it was this weird like replay of 2016, except uh, dead inside me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been great. Well, we were, we, know, we were talking in our chat about how, you know, there's going to be this sort of maybe new world order of 
how how um, different groups uh, different groups of power, different groups in in media are going to treat things, right? With especially with the demographic shifts in this election. Um, but we also said like, hey, at least like you know the three of us and people we know in our online circles have changed a lot, you know, grown up a little bit, changed your views, evolved a bit since 2016, right? But somehow you're also saying like you're feeling dead inside about politics, like you're not riled up about this anymore. Is it, well, is not it about politics. I'm, I'm uh, just about the two contenders, like Biden and Trump. Just about the the political future. Uh, like the, of, of both the next four years. Are shit, well, really. I mean, his whole platform was nothing will change, and um, <laughs> I'm not Trump. Yeah, there was no platform. Yeah, that was, it was it. just uh, I'm not Trump. It was like that we, we blame Hillary. People. Yeah, exactly. We blame Hillary for not having a platform, but I, I can actually remember some policies from her. I don't know anything about Biden. And Kamala was was even worse. It was like total zero. Like I don't know what she. No, they dodged every single policy yeah. question in the debates and in, in, in interviews. I want to go back to Florida because as Florida was happening, uh, news came out of Miami Dade County that the Democrats were really underperforming there. And what was really funny to see on on Twitter and stuff was the hate being poured on Latinos, especially Latino men, mm. which I found very interesting because mm-hmm. like for the last few weeks we've all seen. The, some kind of like organized social media campaign ready to blame uh, black men in mm-hmm. case Trump won. But uh turns out they should have uh, paid out paid more attention to those like, Miami Dade Latino is that men. The, the, specifically Cuban though, right? Miami Dade County is always a contested county. Ever like the first time I remember it being a big deal was the um the Bush Gore election. Well, well yeah, yeah. Florida Florida's are always like wonky like that. Yeah, like it's it's not just not just like broadly Latino men, but was it specifically Cuban men? Because my understanding, yeah, like Cubans and and like Vietnamese folks in America are are well known for being minorities that vote Republican in, in strong large numbers all the time, right? So like, what what was different? What was different this time around? Well, I mean, there there are lots of theories uh, being thrown around. Uh, obviously, that the centrist types were blaming uh, socialism that uh, Trump had managed to scare I, I, I them into. I think what Philip is trying to say is that's been a trend for a bunch of elections. Why is it only a big deal now? Yeah, why are they throwing heat on Latino men now? Like, did, did like they haven't cha- of- like Latino? Like, what he's saying is that Latino men haven't changed the way that they voted. Like ever so like yeah why, why is it only hit? a big deal all of a sudden like why weren't we complaining about this in 2016 and 2012 yeah. well you see this happening with all demographics everybody's like finger pointing to certain racial and gender subgroups it was latino men it was black uh men it was gays uh it was white gays white suburban uh, women blah, uh, blah, white blah. women and <laughs> everyone's like trying to find somebody to blame uh for Either, obviously, like, I don't think Trump's going to win, but even like Trump doing better than 2016, there's like these struggle sessions going on. Uh, <laughs> Liza, you sent me that article like, oh, you know, white women have to redeem ourselves because I think more <laughs> yeah. of them uh, went to Trump than last time. The yeah. thing is, though, is that like Trump gained with every single with every single demographic except white men. Yeah, probably with white men, too. It was like already so high to begin with. There was like no way to go but down. <laughs> I think that well, I, I honestly think that the white men that switched from Trump to Biden, it's probably like those like, you know, finance guys, Wall Street guys or like hedge fund people, people that are um, going to benefit, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, I think um, th- there was no like third party like Gary Johnson ran in 2016. So it could just be, I don't know, some because there's only two, there may be just like just inevitable sorting out when there's a binary That's choice. That's something that I want to talk about, too. Uh, what the lack of a third party? 
I mean, there was definitely a third party and they like they campaigned really hard in Maryland. Um, but but Maryland is not a hotly contested state. We're not a swing state or a purple state, as, as they call it. Like all this talk about um, all this talk about like rigging the election and like voter suppression um you know, that's what Democrats love to to bitch and moan that like, that's what the Republicans do, but they did it too. Like the Green Party was kicked off the ballots in states that Biden needed to win. And then there was liberals finger pointing and shaming third party voters yet again, saying like, you know, if you're a third party voter, you're no good to me either. You're just as bad as a Trump voter. Um, then there's like all that talk about voter suppression at the polls, but nobody was talking about Democratic voter suppression at the polls during the primaries, especially when Bernie was winning. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the the Iowa the Iowa caucus and the shenanigans that went there—it just like so right. much. So I mean, so much stuff to I, you know all this talk about like liberals are going to be the ones to save democracy. Like, how can you save democracy by taking democracy away? Like by by like shaming voters and then removing the Green Party from the ballot? You know. So there was a third party, but I would say that like if you live in a state that was hotly contested and it's a swing state and say you can't stand either Biden or Trump and you are willing to go third party, you know, like Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there was no third party this time. So now we're seeing a lot of uh, as I said, uh, you know, this the the men of this racial group or mm-hmm. or you know, this sexual orientation and I don't have to wonder if that's going to start fracturing this identity politics coalition because i mean it like let's say you look a black man you know you what the hell are you supposed to feel like i, I saw this ridiculous uh, tweet by uh, some i think some congresswoman who or pam keith or something pam keith which congrats to like you know the, the 91 percent of black women who who voted for you know to save democracy and love everyone and, and it's like shame to like 20 percent of of black men who voted trump because they hated black women like what the hell <laughs> is that supposed to achieve? Except maybe your own narrow interest in your own subgroup to you know elbow out any any uh, black men who might be competitors for whatever job you want or something. But it's like, and, well, I mean, you, since and, they they all they all like threw me too under the bus. They got to go on something else, right, for a labor purge. Yeah, and I think that uh, somebody brought up this tweet in one of her replies where somebody said, "Well, what about Tara Reid?" And and this must have been months ago. And she was like, "Uh, you know, uh, well, Trump's raped more, so that's okay." And plus, uh, I don't I don't believe her. So she like, Ooh. <laughs> she literally went against the 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 core model. You don't believe all women. Hmm. Uh, she didn't believe her. So yeah, know, it, who, like, I'll also point out that like they're very good at picking and choosing the numbers when they try to point fingers like this. Um, exactly. Someone someone in one of those threads, I think maybe the folks over at Champion Sharks pointed out that um, like both, if you actually look at the relative change from both black men and black women, they both went up for Trump four percent. Mm-hmm. So like, what is what does that mean? Like, like yeah, proportionally the, the delta, uh, for proportionally black women, speaking, it's even it's, more. It's, it's like yeah. doubled, you know. You could, so yeah, I mean, from the previous yeah. election, yeah. So it's a bit I of. I think a, that I think that Trump's gains with all of these minority groups. Uh, I think that what it really means is that the Dems are just completely out of touch with the populace, and people are sick and tired of empty rhetoric, and like people really don't want a nothing will change platform. Like is that is that screaming message- that I'm not Trump? Like I don't like obviously Trump's not the problem. 
was that message that like we don't like the mainstream Dems and their approach was that message just like squelch this whole election cycle like it felt like it was it, maybe it came a bit from like the leftist like Bernie side and it got washed out as soon as Bernie was out of the running um, I think everyone really it, does it got, feel it though it's a feeling but I'm saying it's not being reported it's not being reported on ABC no, of NBC not, but CNN I mean, right since when have any of those mainstream news outlets ever been in touch with the people they they haven't it's just become they live in an echo chamber even more than we do totally yeah i mean i think people are pointing out that like over the course of the night the uh the correspondence on those various uh channels were getting you know sweatier and sweatier right because they at at one point they felt like trump was uh was going to steamroll uh biden um likewise like there was a a screen cap i think that jess from our circles got of uh, nate silver and he he looks so fucking disheveled because he's probably gonna lose his job after this (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, who cares about him, right? So here's what here's what I think is happening is that um, the things that the Democrats used to, to offer minorities, which was, in the end, turned out to be mainly psychological. There was nothing really substantive there. But, Symbolism. you know, seeing mm-hmm. seeing the first, uh, you know, black president, which let's all let's, you know, I'll admit it meant a lot of time. And I think I think even like cynics today yeah, would say symbols that was are a powerful. big deal. That's a huge right. symbol. Yeah. But that's they've stayed on that for like 12 years. I think that the, you know, crumbling of this like whole identity politics thing is that more and more minorities are realizing, hey, this is not real. And the only people who are actually seeing any gains are upper class minorities, the ones who are already in these circles. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's the case, we don't we don't care anymore. So we just want something that we can all hold on to, whether it's like a six hundred dollar right. check or you can't. Yeah, right. You can't eat like social justice. Right. <laughs> like can all you, that they- symbolic social justice. You can't eat that, you know. Like seeing seeing the representation on screen or up on the stage or at the podium, you can't eat that. So people want something material, right? I agree with that. Do, do I think you know that that's if, the uh, biggest thing. The people of Flint, Michigan can drink water safely still? Do you know? No, they can't. No, that's right. why they went red. Right. That's never that's never been addressed still. Yeah. Um I think to to rebuild the pipes would cost like a lot of money and, and so they're nobody's willing to do it. So I, I think that's what's that's what's happening, and I think that was the appeal of of like a Bernie Sanders in that. Okay, like l- let's let's recognize. I think one thing that we have to recognize is like that article where like white women have to atone for like w- what does that mean? Like white women aren't really a class, like a solid class. There's like so many different types of white women. I'm betting that like a college educated white young white woman in a big city probably went uh, Biden like ninety to ten. You know, at like Dude, that, black women levels. That, that article uh, was was posted on Medium.com. That already tells you enough. <laughs> exactly. You know, the the type of like white woman who's like on Twitter wants to be a blue check and, and you know writing on Medium is not the one that's voting Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to talk to that kind of white woman, you probably have to at least drive I don't know an hour from where you live and somewhere else. Uh, and instead, you're gonna get like the whole like blue check class going to use leverage this to advance their own careers and whatever and i think that's what minorities vast my majority of whom are not do not give a shit about that are just mm-hmm. tuned out of that like this is what you have to offer us some like symbolic thing of people that we don't even like you know oh, like oh this like asian or black person is is going to be elevated to this position like why should we care <laughs> and a lot of the times those people look down on us too so it's just mm-hmm. like it's a double mm-hmm. negative so in that case we'll just go with the guy who'll give us a 1200 dollars check or you know free health care or which, whatever like super bad move on part of the dems to uh to shut down that second stimulus package I, I guess they would say it's a good move because then Trump would have gotten credit for it and um, that's probably their calculation At just the right time, yeah. i mean I like so What's going to be remembered 
<laughs> now that they said no to it, though, is that the Dems said no to the stimulus package. So it, it like, I, sure, I guess, yeah. like, I guess, sure, you know, they won the election and like Trump didn't, you know, he didn't uh, have like a landslide victory because he sent everyone $1,200 checks a month before the election. But it, a lot of people are really turned off by that. I mean, the real message is that these both parties are fucking with your lives. Yeah. Like they're fucking mm-hmm. with like people like money that people need to feed their families and stay mm-hmm. not evicted in order to win this stupid fucking election. It's it's insane, right? Like they, either side can do the right thing. Yeah. Sorry. Right. So let, let's look ahead for the next four years. What it's going to look like? Um, like already you're seeing. I saw like Lou Dobbs. I saw Newt Gingrich. You know these like fairly <laughs> mainstream people on the right already advancing the stolen election uh, narrative, which. They have every incentive to pursue, considering that the Democrats pursued the the Russian interference narrative for pretty much all of yeah, Trump's presidency. And they even, they even impeached right? him. He actually got impeached over that. So they're going to try to impeach Biden over this. They have absolutely no reason to drop it. Uh, so that's going to dog the, the Biden-Harris administration for the next four years. The countdown is on when, when Biden will effectively have to step aside for President Harris, who I guarantee you cannot run in 2024 because nobody likes her she did not even win a single primary vote because she dropped out before iowa so this will be a totally installed uh executive on the on the parts of the democrats which i think is why you started seeing pete Buttigieg pop, pop up recently i think he yeah, released why is a he, book why is he popping stuff. up just a book or i think they? i think they're grooming him for 2024 yeah. it's uh, good. Oh, they're trying God. to do a kamala and pete mayo pete um fucking believe it like this calculus has to start now like it's we're not even done well, the, the current fucking election <laughs> it's insane like because it, it, yeah. it was like the whole thing with like tuesday night was like oh like we went through like a year even in canada here of like american political election coverage mm-hmm. right and it and know maybe it got collapsed down because of coronavirus but like it was all coming to an end and now you're telling me it's starting back up again with fucking pete Buttigieg, like that's insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows what will happen in like four years? But I'm mean, there. I think their intent is pretty clear that they they need a guy like him to run in 2024 because Kamala's no good. I'm I'm pretty sure whatever like small esteem she held among the party elite totally tanked uh, because uh, you know even the minority vote she couldn't even, or the black women vote she couldn't even improve upon. You're according saying to the exit poll. So you're saying she is they're gonna like try to run him with her as VP again or her? No, no, no. I, I think they're gonna just probably just try to primary her or they're gonna let someone primary her. Like you're saying that her effect on the election outcome was not strong enough for them to put her in as as a like president, not uh, strong enough candidate. Absolutely no evidence that she has any popular support in that. Okay, if she were like during the primaries a close second, that would be more something. But as I said, she didn't even participate in the primary. So total zero, uh, probably a negative on the ticket. So I'm, they're going to probably try to find a way to get her off. And then in 2024, who are the Republicans going to run? If they're smart, they're going to embrace uh, economic nationalism. They're going to ramp up anti-China because Americans need to feel good about themselves again. And you can't do that you unless thinking? you... Probably like Josh Hawley negative against him he's like yale law school educated but hey maybe some people are into that uh after you know trump maybe maybe you know they were a little bit embarrassed by trump so they want to have this guy um i think tom Khan just like sounds too stupid he's like he's like this guy from arkansas and and he just has this ridiculous accent i don't know but i think someone like josh Hawley is going to run and he's going to be like pretty much embrace kind of the bernie economic platform with the kind of rabid nationalism of of like the the warhawks uh anti-china warhawks in in trump's cabinet based on some of the uh polls i'm seeing on fox news he would actually win 
yeah, on a platform polls- of like economic uh, liberalism and like social conservatism. Like, uh, I think that's I think that he would easily win. We should show the screenshots on our our Twitter when we release this episode. But like, they were kind of read a couple. Yeah, please read a couple. All right. Um, some of these Fox News polls, uh, I saw them on Twitter because somebody took a bunch of screenshots. But these polls were taken on Tuesday afternoon before the election coverage started. Um, mm-hmm. So it's voter analysis, and it's a national, um, it's a national poll. What should happen to illegal immigrants in the USA? Seventy-two percent. Fox viewers said that there should be a legal pathway to citizenship. Only 28% called for deportation. Um, Something to do with the pandemic. What do they think about requiring people to wear masks outside of their homes? Something like 78% favor this. Okay, only only 20% were somewhat opposed or strongly opposed. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's another one. How serious a problem is racism in U.S. society? And it's almost 80% that say it is a problem. And then it's like 23% that say not much at all. Um, Hold on. I've got a whole bunch more that are very interesting here too. How concerned about the effects? How concerned are you about the effects of climate change? Um, I've got... So almost 70% that say that they are very concerned. And then it's only 28% that say not much. Yeah. Um, Isn't it kind of weird seeing this on, like seeing Fox News show these polls? Because Absolutely, yes. They're kind of and things here, that, here's like, the clincher. Here's, here's another one. These are two big ones right here. Changing to a government-run single-payer health care plan. Ooh. Yeah. And it is at 70% that are in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Um Supreme Court action on Roe versus Wade, 71% say leave it as is. Mm-hmm. Only 29% say to overturn it. So Fox News viewers, are they are not that different um, in terms of like understanding what the issues are. Yeah, I mean, that's, all, that's always been kind of the problem with, with American politics is that you, you isolate these issues and plans on their own and people generally agree with them. But then you got to attach them to a candidate who will be attached to a party, which will be attached to some kind of cultural history, and that's when that's where like people start um, getting their big divides, right? It's like, yeah, I want uh, healthcare for all, but then I don't trust it if I don't know if the person went to like like a, a fancy university because who knows who they associate with, and I don't trust them to administer it perfectly so yeah if you if you separate them into these kind of uh, idealistic goals people people agree with them but then as i said once once you start some candidates gonna have have to espouse them and that's where the big divides because then the candidates are all about does this person make me uh feel good about myself that essentially what what it comes down to uh (laughs) and and not everyone you were the one that said that elections are just battles over attitudes yeah, attitudes. It wasn't this like pointed out in um, that movie we watched recently, the Chicago Seven. Chicago Seven, yeah. Yeah, Trial of yeah. The Chicago Seven. About how politics is actually all about like personal grievances between uh-huh. different groups and, and and sometimes individuals. Uh, less so about actually doing the right thing for the people who are voting you in. Yeah, and and that's that's a really difficult part because a lot a lot of it's just like zero sum. You know, somebody 
represent something that is probably going to piss off some people. And, you know, Obama's magic power was that he was able to convince a lot of people uh, that, you know, he could convince white conservatives that he was a non-threatening black guy, but he could also convince, you know, black people from Chicago that he was he was one of them and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to pull off. I mean, there could have been a blue wave. That's that's what's so frustrating about this. Yeah, totally. well, there should have been. If you consider been, what well, happened, no, what I'm saying is there could have been a blue wave if they just ran ahead and ran Bernie. Yep. Uh, right. Uh, but look, let's compare it to 2008. Like, why did a blue wave happen in 2008? A uh, couple of reasons: Iraq and uh, the Great Recession. Uh, in 2020, we have the the COVID recession, which is even worse than the Great Recession, and people are like dying uh, it, by like the hundreds in hospitals every day. And yep. you have you have Trump, who I think even his even like most Republican voters would have to admit is kind of crazy. Um, and even then, uh, looks like it was far less than it should have been. There was no blowout. Um, the House, I think, the Democrats lost uh, net loss in House. There is a possible flip with the Senate because John Ossoff has forced a runoff election in Georgia, but he'll probably lose that, I'm guessing, if you, you know, whatever. So, you know, you lose the Senate, uh, whatever. So it was such a, it's it's like a humiliating victory is how I would put it. America, uh, the world laughed at America uh, on Tuesday night because, you know, Trump should have been like instantly zapped out of office, but no, (laughs) it, it drags on and on. And it's going to become more of a circus as these lawsuits and, and conspiracy theories pile up. And uh, like it's like America's one chance to, to redeem uh, itself uh, out the window, which is probably a good thing. But, you know, it, like if you're like a proud American, it, it was a it was a horrible, horrible night. Yeah, there, there's definitely that narrative of like people watching in horror as America votes in what they thought they were trying to get rid of. Like definitely Canadians. Like I'm hearing that a lot from individuals and just people who are like calling to radio shows to talk about their reactions i wonder if the rest of the world feels that way i assume i assume yes um, yeah should have been a, a lot of world probably in, like yeah this is who we thought you were yeah. I, th- I think only americans might be deluded enough i saw this most insipid article on on the atlantic it was about uh it was about you know bemoaning the tragedy of of even if biden wins just the way it happened that it wasn't like a clean flush of of trump uh from the toilet uh mm-hmm. it was something like it's clear that our people no longer hold the values that our founding fathers, whatever, whatever. Like, what do you mean no longer? As if it, as if it was ever held in this country. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And these are the type of people uh, who are just completely out of touch with what the country is. Okay, here's a here's an interesting thing. Uh, as I was saying, I was uh, browsing through the conservative subreddit on election day, just seeing what what these uh, hang people out. were saying. Yeah, I found it quite interesting. And here, this one's a little too long, so I will just paraphrase it sort of. So, first paragraph says. So the question was like from a liberal, like why are you, why are conservatives so supportive of Trump? So this one person got answered. It's got like a you know, four-digit uh, points, gilded, all sorts of awards. Imagine being picked on by a gang, uh, a group of private school kids your whole life. They call you stupid. They say your church teaches bigotry and your face t- family teaches racism. They took twenty percent of every dollar you earned. Then they shipped your brother off to die in Afghanistan. Then some guy from Queens moves in next door. He laughs at those private school kids. He pushes them around until they, until they give you back some of your money. They call him a bigot too, but he doesn't seem to care. He promises another one of your siblings will never come home back in a box. Goes on and on. And in the end, um, he says, like, you might say, but this Queens guy, he's also a private school kid. That's true. But they never accepted him either. Repulsed by his love of Big Macs and <laughs> resentful <laughs> that he only got accepted because his dad had cash. But that's precisely why he gets your situation. He might have money, but he knows what it's like to be sneered and heckled at by the lacrosse team. And, I you went know, th- to this a is- private school. I hate everyone I went to school with, save for like <laughs> three or four people. 
Right. I thought it was very interesting how they describe essentially liberals, whom I, they always love to talk about as, you know, a bunch of limp-wristed, gay, loser wimps. Soy boys. <laughs> yeah, soy boys yeah. as the lacrosse team. I found that very interesting. It's like, wait, wait you think we're the lacrosse team? Um, but in their mind, it must feel like that because... Yeah, the handsome, successful jocks, right? The one who the one who gets the girl because you're the you're the like fat schlub, right? Yeah, uh, I, either that, that or I mean, th- there's a I think I mean Liza, you you said this before. I think you said about the Republicans becoming the party of the working class. Yeah, um, there's a realignment the going on right now, and I think it's going to continue. That I think it's going to continue down that path. That's happening. That's happening in Canada. Our new conservative leader in the federal level is is embracing um, the labor movement a little bit, which is. Like the minute he did that, everyone's like, "Oh fuck, he has a strategy." <laughs> right? Yeah. The thing is, I th- I think the 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 stats still bear out the the very poor, like you know, making like fifteen they to don't like vote, fifty thousand. Right. They're non-voters. Well, they vote overwhelmingly Democrat if they vote, and then like the very wealthy are increasingly voting Democrat. But like everyone in the middle, especially on the lower end of middle, I think if you make kind of in that solidly middle class range. I think it's pretty Republican. And um, another thing is that the most destitute counties in the country are very Republican. A lot mm-hmm. of places that used to be Democrat, you know, places in like the Midwest. So I think that also has something to do with it. Like you, maybe, maybe you make a decent living, but if, you're, if the place you live in is just increasingly uh, going down the toilet in terms of everyone's just moving out, there's no vibrancy there. Uh, yeah, you might make like 75000 but you probably feel really poor and you know, just abandoned. I think it needs to be acknowledged now that like Democrats, most Democrats and like people who consider themselves to be liberals, they're just in a different social class than most of America, but they keep, they, they like, they keep trying to push this identitarianism on us that just denies everything. Like no matter how multiracial the Democrat party tries to convince you that it is, there's less and less working class people there. Like this is okay. So I, I really think that this is partially uh, the result of like when you push credentialism down everyone's throats like they did during the Obama era. And I really think that this trend is going to continue that more and more working class people move to the Republican party. And I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got a diverse crowd, but it's like all your friends from, from college and you probably went to like Duke or something like that. Uh, so which one? Uh, I'm saying the Democrats. So it's like a false diverse. Well, it is diverse in one way. Yeah, I mean, like, rich people of different colors isn't diversity, though. Right. I mean, like, it is diverse in one way, but it's mm-hmm. also really not diverse rich in another way. Rich people of different yeah. colors. And they, and Eliza, you're right, they do constitute a social class, but they cannot recognize No, there's class. no class analysis. It's always, it's got to be like, oh, you know, the Democrats are so much more multiracial. And it's like, are you? And also, so... <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that they. Can, I'm more saying that they're not, they're un, uh, not willing to because as soon as they do that, they will have to acknowledge that they are on top, and then it's like fair game to come after them. So instead, they got to pretend that we're still like the, the you know diverse party of you know the labor party or whatever, and that's why they have to. That's why they have like all the tokens who never have any genuine connection to their actual minority communities. But they're, you know, they're friendly with the, they just get along with the white people on top and then they get positioned as the minority spokespeople like a Kamala Harris, but she connected with nobody in her own group. <laughs> yeah, it, it does feel like that's a mainstream form of analysis for like political reasons, like go straight on identity politics. Identity, One, yeah. Because c- like if you think about it, 
we have all this information now about like exit polls, like what demographics voted for what. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a single exit poll that talked about class, like how much money you made and who you voted for. I right. just saw shit split on gender, like like LGBTQ or straight mm-hmm. versus, you know, and then like race all over the place, but nothing on how much money you make or, you know, what, 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 what kind of uh, town or city you live in. Um, they did this when Trump was elected. They did all kinds of analysis. I'm sure it will come later. I'm just saying the, the, stuff that, the stuff that they thought was like, you know, worth showing on the first, like the first 24 hours after the election, none of it had to do with class. Everything had to do with ID poll, right? How many people voted for Trump out of just plain frustration with the Dems, right? Hard to, hard to survey that. Or maybe <laughs> you know, it isn't the, hard, the, but they the don't ask those questions. The mainstream narrative is that... Trump supporters, like they want to kill black and brown people and like they're super racist and, or they're just like perfectly okay with it and they're all white supremacists. Yeah. And that, um, you know, I think a lot of people fell for that in 2016, but I, I, don't, I don't see how people can fall for that this time based on the demographics that are being reported like, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the way in the that, exit polls now. I mean, who knows what the Democratic coalition will be in four years but as is the biden coalition appears to be suburban whites and like elite minorities that is a pretty repulsive coalition yeah, i, I, I want to are- i want to see this new like large minority group that's voting for <laughs> trump and see how they are split up by income because i think that's yeah. gonna be super telling right i think we know what well, the answer I, I think is. It's a, i don't think it's a large i think it's just relatively speaking it's just because republicans have been so shit with minorities for so long that any like well, the uptick Dems have is been suddenly- shit about minorities too they only like they don't care about they really don't care about latinos or asians i mean didn't nope. isn't there like a video that went viral where biden told some latino activists to go, go vote for trump when he was questioned about the camps no well, he told he tells the democrats to aren't who, like, intersectional like right they but like to be. but in in the recent time they've been like slightly better so even if just rhetorically so the interesting <laughs> I don't even thing think they're better rhetorically uh yeah i mean some could say that uh but uh, now i'm interested like okay so if, if the democrats are as i said this new coalition of suburban whites and elite minorities then where do the kind of like non-elite outsider minorities go because like as bad as democrats are non-voters independents and you know i don't (laughs) think they're gonna go to the republicans just because you know the republicans are pretty toxic let's let's not like Mm -hmm. angelize uh don't forget uh camp but um so i'm I'm curious about let's say like asians uh Mm -hmm. where where do we go because um there is this talk about uh you know republicans embracing uh, like a more diverse coalition, but as I said, if they're I mean, have you seen the extreme- exit polls for for uh, for us, like Filipinos and Vietnamese? We we've got like the highest number of Trump supporters. Yeah, yeah we, we have, still we're though, like majority that. are still majority are still Democrat. I mean, relative to the rest of the Asian Americans, uh, Filipinos and Vietnamese are are quite Republican. But um, what is it? Uh, yeah, but you got to ask yourself why, right? Like, you know, what are the values that? That, that go there. I think right. that with but, Vietnamese uh, folks, you know, the whole socialism attack, that might work out well. But with Filipino folks, Liza, you're talking it's religion, about it being- It's Catholicism. It's that we're, we're family oriented. We don't like abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and like very quickly, well, I don't know. We were talking about how like other Asians, East Asians have a hard time throwing Southeast Asians under the bus because it looks bad. But like to some extent, there's going to be blame coming our way saying like, hey, you guys voted for Trump once again. Like, what's the deal? You know, you guys are anti-abortion. What's that's, the deal? So the thing is, I have such a problem with that. So like, so just because we're minorities, like all of a sudden it's, it's like, if someone's not white, they automatically owe their vote to the Democrat party. 
It's bullshit. Don't don't worry. East a- East Asian like activists don't don't have the guts to attack Southeast Asian. All <laughs> so minorities are questioned. Yeah. Like, how dare you vote Republican? And it's like, well, what do the Democrats have to offer? Why aren't minorities ever questioned? Like, but that's okay. never like these are these articles and these like like news segments that capture like, oh, look at these crazy Vietnamese folks like voting for like pro Trumpers wearing their MAGA hats. They never take the angle of like asking like, what are the actual policy issues that affect them? Right? They they just no, never. treat them as a crazy conservative subset they of these uh, of Asians. They never ever say, what do the Dems offer you? How will how will voting Democrat make your life better? Except like maybe the rhetoric will be a little bit better. But other than that, like materially, what do you have to offer? Nothing. They're not even asked. Nope. Yeah. Also, the thing with Asians that will prevent us from going Republican is also as they become more and more uh, anti-China, it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Unless I think you're, you're one of those like rabid like Taiwanese nationalists who really do like think like, China is like a different race or so. I, th- I think instinctively, <laughs> but I think a lot of Asian Americans will just be very, very uncomfortable being part of an ideology that sees pretty much the biggest yellow country in the world as their sworn mortal enemy. So that's why I'm interested. In, like, where do where do Asians go? I think I think Asians have never fit in nicely with the Itpol crowd. Uh, and no, I, because I think the I, yeah, the the identity politics crowd tells Asians that they're undeserving of any kind of success they have, and they're overprivileged. They're exactly. essentially white, uh, yeah. and that we're essentially white. We're anti-black by nature, right? Right. So I think so. We never really fit in there in the first place, and as that whole like framework crumbles it's like well where do we go um so that's just it's gonna be very interesting like do i mean i I, they're gonna be i just can't see any place for them i mean there's like the republican party is not the place to go because they've embraced this like white nationalist um rhetoric which i wonder if they are going to start shedding that soon i think they're going to turn it into like a Red, if white, if and they're blue nationalism. Become, if they're going to become like the party with more working class people, are they going to shed a lot of that white nationalism and become like the weirdly social, cons- socially conservative, but also like intersectional party? <laughs> no, because I was like, as, as the count, as the country gets browner, right? Like, what are they going like, to? It's, it's going to be such a mind fuck for liberals that the country is getting browner and demographics are changing to become less white yet that brown demographic it might be more socially conservative might be more family oriented might mm-hmm. be more religious but um, are still expected to vote for the a Democrats. little more uneducated when it comes to like trans issues um they don't care about identity they care more about jobs and healthcare. yep survivalism yeah, right. there was a paper, uh, I think it was written after the 2012 election. It was this like internal uh, dissection uh, done by the Republicans on themselves about how, because they thought they were a dead party after 2012. I remember the headlines after Obama won re-election that like, you know, the Democrats have secured like a permanent electoral majority for the foreseeable future. And there was this uh, thing that the Republicans commissioned, like, how do we, how do we, you know, survive in the new millennium? And one of them was to like embrace uh, Latinos and stuff, and and there was a huge backlash to that, and, it, and uh, because like they they didn't want to grant grant amnesty, and and anybody, uh, this is what really hurt John McCain, because John McCain was seen as soft on immigration, uh, because he's from Arizona, so I think he just liked Latinos, so he was all that. <laughs> but in a roundabout way, um, they could have found the solution to that. It's like okay, we can embrace minorities so long as we embrace nationalism. So we'll make this 
like a multicultural nationalism. But who is on the outside of this? The yellows. Because if mm. we frame this as um, everyone gets to be American, uh, but you got to hate on China because we need a great enemy to make ourselves feel good again. Um, that's going to be, I guess, kind of good for everybody who's not Asian uh, and who doesn't like what the Democrats have to offer. But it's going to leave Asians on the on the on on the outside, and that's why I'm interested in in you know what's going to happen in the next four years and how these political ideologies realign. Because mm-hmm. it does seem to be the end of this whole like um, you know diversity coalition as we knew it, starting with like you know, Clinton and the DLC and perfected by Obama, it seems to have died. And I think that is reflected in Trump's surprising uh, increase as however small it might be um, the, the Democrat, among minorities. The Democrat Party cannot be, um, they won't be pulled left. You know, there's all this talk among liberals, like, let's just vote. Let's just, first things first, let's get, let's get rid of Trump and then we'll vote Biden in and then we'll start pulling him left. I don't think that we can. I think that they have, le- they have not learned any lessons. They are just going to look at this as, um, we don't need the left. We don't care about the left. They didn't even vote for us. So we don't owe them nothing. So I wonder, can the Republican party be the one to be pulled left on like economic issues? They're already doing that. If you ever watch like, t- uh, clips of Tucker Carlson, that's what he's doing right now. Like he will rail against. Do you think that they'll uh, run Tucker Carlson in 2024? <laughs> he, I don't think he'll give up his cushy job, but I think his kind uh, will be the the new flag bearers of the Republicans. Can They're you like, define um, that rabid, kind? Like, is it like I a don't Trump watch light, Tucker or? Carlson. I really don't know anything about him. So economically nationalist, like for instance, like here's a perfect encapsulation. It's kind of like a. Uh, Close the borders, but everybody who's American gets free health care. That's like economic nationalism, mm. Tucker Carlson style. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not make like manufacture more in the States, cut off like our deals with China. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. They're, they're going to do that. And um, the Democrats will not have much. Well, they, we, they don't even have a platform really to combat that. And I, I think that's the Republicans' new way forward. I'm asking because I don't feel comfortable with the Democrat Party. Like, I never have. So, like, that's why I've been an independent and, you know, like, um, I just, like, I, I've, I've even, I don't even consider myself a voter anymore. Like, I didn't even vote. I, I can't stand identity politics because I think it gets in the way of the real issues. Um, then there's, like, I am a Catholic, so... I also see myself as a leftist. Like, I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive and Mm -hmm. I don't fit the right wing narrative either. So Mm -hmm. I'm just pretty much politically homeless in the system that exists. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm pissed off at every single election because I never feel like anything ever changes. Um, I think that it always just gets worse. I, I voted Obama and then those eight years under Obama were so damaging and his presidency is really what shaped my political view. I know that we recently did a podcast about how like we're all recovering neoliberal shitheads, <laughs> but during his presidency, what I saw compared to what he would say to us were so vastly different. So I just stopped voting. Yeah, yeah, and and this one must have been an especially bad tease because Bernie almost got in and got yanked away, mm-hmm. right? But I'm saying, like, what if what if someone like Bernie showed up but he ran on the Republican ticket? Like I don't have I don't have an allegiance to either party. So like if, if someone like Bernie ran Republican, I'll vote Republican. I don't care. Yeah. Especially I'll, if they cared if they pushed the issues that I actually care about. Yeah. I mean the question is could 
could he be Bernie uh, and survive like the primary? Because I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. A lot of people would just like deem him like a socialist. They, they mm-hmm. fucking they thought Kamala Harris was a socialist. See, there's a part of me that wonders. Like Fox News, definitely, like the Republican Party, definitely does not share the views of Fox News, like the audience. But they did they did air the results of those polls. Like they could have easily just not aired them, right? If they wanted yeah. to really stick to an agenda. Yeah. Why? Why? And like why they could they also they could strange. easily also censor Tucker Carlson if they didn't like the stuff that he was saying about economic policy. Yeah, maybe they don't censor him and he has the most popular show, right? Yeah, I mean, but as I said, the issue is once you start like connecting these uh, ideas into a candidate, they're going to ask him something like, okay, you you favor, you know, let's say he favors like like some kind of like very generous social welfare programs. Like, Mm -hmm. do you think, you know, uh, you know, black people who commit black on black violence should get that? And that's what's going to, you know, that's what's going to fuck up. This is where the problems are going to come up. Right, because once you start contextualizing these abstract ideas into real life issues, stuff like that's going to come up, mm-hmm. and then Bernie wouldn't be Bernie, right? So it's very right. complicated. Um, I, I think we, I think our next few episodes are probably going to be more about just like this election and stuff. So I just want to say one last thing about just how pessimistic this ele- you know so called victory um, is, because there's no future. Like let's say, say like you're a young voter, like what the hell? Are you supposed to take away from this? You, there's no path for it. at least with when like Obama won, there was some vision. Okay, it's like young people, it's minorities, it's like women, um, and this is our time. Who is saying this is our time right now uh, with Biden, except for maybe uh, suburban white people? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and what kind of let's say next generation but how is going to help uh, suburban gonna, white people? I don't know. Like it it's probably mostly any, psychological. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone but Wall Street. Th- this is silicone. So like the Silicon Six, Silicon Valley tech bros. It helps them, and it helps. Um, it helps like uh, it helps Wall Street. It helps uh, the military. Yeah. And who's going to keep a check inspiring. on the Biden administration? Because you know we all saw what happened to Glenn Greenwald last week. We did out. Yep. Who was so? He's a journalist who is most famous for um, what was considered the scoop of the century when he helped Edward Snowden go public about the mm-hmm. illegal mass surveillance program the U.S. government was carrying out on his own citizens, and he started um, an independent online publication called The Intercept to prevent the very censorship that he just went through, which was criticizing the government without having to be all partisan about it and worrying about like you're helping out the other team. So he, he published an article that he wrote an article that was criticized, that that was heavily critical of Biden. And he ended up resigning because they didn't want to publish it because it was just a few days before the election. And they were afraid that it would, um, it would hurt, Biden. So like, yeah, like that's what I'm concerned about. Like who is going to keep a check on a Biden administration? There were tons of checks on a Trump administration, but then there was, you know, there was censorship constantly throughout Obama's presidency. Leftist journalists had nowhere to go. And like, nobody wants to ruin their credibility by going on Fox news. It's so so unfortunate that like MSNBC and like Rachel Maddow, like it doesn't ruin your credibility, but it should. But like how much are indie publications going to be censored or discredited in the Biden age? Right. Someone pointed out like, that uh, that Fox News, because it's the, the the only mainstream you know media outlet that would 
uh, run, you know, go against the Dems is the mm-hmm. only critic out there of any scale. But people also think they're a bunch of crazies. So they won't take them seriously on the left. Right. right that's the problem. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why Rachel Maddow's show is not seen, isn't seen as lacking in credibility as like going on someone like um, Tucker Carlson's show, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't understand why, like, what's the difference between the two? Rachel Maddow spent like two years talking about Russiagate and it's like, who fucking cares? I guess we, I guess the three of us got to keep talking shit about the Dems <laughs> over the next four <laughs> years until people take us seriously. Maybe that's the, that's the answer. Yeah. I mean, we could carry it over to the next episode since we should wrap this one up unless anyone has any final thoughts. So going once, going twice. Yeah, uh, I, I actually do. I, I think that, um. I think that it is. I think that Biden is going to be our next president, and I actually I think that it's it's going to be very damaging. I think that it's going to be like a lot of uh, neoliberal austerity, a lot of censorship. Uh, we we didn't talk about the um, we didn't talk about the antitrust lawsuit, and I want to do that next time. The inverted totalitarianism, and uh, probably what is what we're going to see is the most anti-communist sentiment since the reagan era that's what's coming you know and like liberals and like you know the npr tote bag crowd are going to be so insufferable <laughs> as if they were not the last four years they but were anyway. already unsuffer insufferable yeah. they're going to be even worse now because right, now they're the winners by a tiny margin oh they're going to be patting their backs for the next four years on twitter i, I, I compared- i'm hoping it's four years and not eight years on Twitter, I compared the Democrats' victory to Manchester United's victory over PSG in the 2019 Champions League. I saw that, and I didn't understand League. it. Um, <laughs> essentially, okay, uh, soccer fans will know what I'm talking about, but long story short, Manchester United has this crappy manager called Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's only there because he's a, he was a, uh, for sentimental reasons. And he would have been fired, except he won this fluke victory, and now he's still the manager. And it's, for them, it turned out to be, that victory turned out to be poison for them, because if they had lost, they would have fired him. And gotten mm. on the right track yeah but because they won they kept him and then now they're stuck with him and the team's going nowhere so that's what like the democrats and, and biden in 2020 <laughs> but, but is he is he really old and might die and might be replaced by someone who's equally as milk toast or is that not the situation <laughs> no he's, he's rather young uh so oh. i guess that's even worse for them because at worse, least yeah. at least the democrats might hope for like biden dying but then kamala's <laughs> there in the wing so i know maybe i shouldn't say that but uh whatever <laughs> next week we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming uh new episode will be out on monday and um i want to make fun of biden's hair plugs because not enough people do that mm. oh let's talk okay. about that yeah all right okay so thanks for joining us and as liza said we'll be back to our regular schedule starting in a few days so uh yeah keep at it and whatever (laughs) (laughs) and tread water okay bye all right bye. bye bye bye